scenario it looks very much like nuclear energy is going to dry up of itself just because of its economic burdens it looks like uh, the pressure came from other than just uh, activists although that pushed the button to make it so expensive so that all seems to be happening that's part of this positive scenario there's obviously a reawakening of religion look at all the, the Christians have their own television station There are 40 million people in America doing something or other spiritually. And there's a lot doing Eastern meditations and there's a lot doing stuff. This is all pretty good. We are going through some growing pains. What did you expect when a new age came? That the birth wouldn't be a little painful? A little bloody around the edges? But the baby is coming through healthy, and there is all, like what happened in Marin County when they ran out of water, everybody's consciousness went up. And so it'll be as the stuff hits the fan for us. And it's all part of the grand design. That's, the, that's one scenario. It's a pretty good scenario. You sure can breathe a sigh of relief with it. Let us just reflect a moment on scenario two. Scenario two, we are in the Kali Yuga. This is the age when truth is lost, when deception reigns, a la things like Watergate. The bull has no feet on the ground in the Hindu mythology, the feet of truth. the age when all connection to the spirit is lost. Morality goes by the wayside. The family unit dissolving. We in California now statistically are a serially monogamous society. Over 50% of the marriages end in divorce, and over 80% of the divorcees remarry. So there it is. That's who we are now. It's a hard one to keep the family unit together. Violence and rape and lack of respect for property is way up. The hedonism and the use of cocaine and other related kinds of experiential drugs is at the point where one feels very much like the Roman Empire revisited. We laugh hysterically at the joy we're having as the world burns. 
We have been called the narcissistic people. We are so busy preening before a mirror and working on ourselves and worshiping ourselves. We've lost it. We have no compassion left. We have a very deep fear, a feeling of impending doom. And the fear is so deep that we tend to buy any belief system with incredible fanaticism and try to press it on other people. So there is incredible proselytizing and almost and lack of respect for one another. The rate of entropy is staggering at this moment. The way in which we are using up non-renewable resources and moving disequilibrium into balance or into no energy potential. Entropy is upon us and it's just becoming all too obvious very quickly. Not only in the usual energy things, but in a lot of the metals we work with and so on. We are just, and let alone our air and our water and our forests. We are absolutely unconscious and just destroying the very chance of survival. Allen Ginsberg came to me from a meeting in New Jersey and he said, well, I've just been at a meeting about toxic waste and I want you to know, Ram Dass, it already happened. Gee, and I had a moment thinking, gee, isn't this interesting now? It's a new one now. It's already happened. We don't have to worry about will it happen. It has already happened. We can now all get ready to die, which is great for my dying project. <laughs> we have punk rock. <laughs> and all of its implications. And part of, of punk rock's very complex, by the way, but one of the things it does represent at, or at one level it represents, is a repudiation of the entire spiritual consciousness movement of the 60s. Saying, oh, that's a crock. I mean, all you've got to do is go to a beer parlor around any college these days and say, uh, are you really growing from your experiences of being related to the wise people who came out of the 60s and early 70s? And you should hear the answers. I mean, if you ask it even more subtle than that, of course. Say, what do you think about the 60s? Ah, nothing happened there. A lot of creeps, you know, nuts. Part of the SAVA Foundation was trying to collect money at Ann Arbor, Michigan at a football game for Cambodia. And people were yelling at the guys that were collecting the money, ah, oh, bomb them. Screw them. Screw the Cambodians. That's us. It's part of this scenario. And that we are in a swirl of paranoia that gets worse and worse. And even our Boy Scout leader, Jimmy, who generally tries to be good, is caught in the military power complex, finally. And he's, you do this, sir. Except it doesn't really work. France says, well, now we ought to think twice about these, you know. Hmm. Far out. It's incredible, incredible process. And that's paranoia and fear leads to authority. So we will very, very possibly elect Ronald Reagan. 
and we will, out of our desire to hold on to the standard of living we're familiar with, we will give up civil liberties left and right and impose all kinds of authoritarian structures on the society to try to hold on to how we thought it was. That's all part of the second scenario. Thank you for joining me on the Working Class Observer, the Class Warfare Report. That was Baba Ram Das, a lecture from 1980 called Social Action. You can find the full lecture on the Baba Ram Das channel. Great way, great way to start the motherfucking pod that is being casted out. This is merely the pod on a Saturday coming out on a Sunday, probably. I want to wish y'all a happy Trump rally. I hope uh, it takes a heavy downturn and we lose a bit of excitement. It looks like the crowds are right now pretty small. At least that crowd is. Thanks to Bloomberg TV's angle. He's set to be live at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. But we're going to skip that because this is the pod sec section and you can't really watch a camera that's quiet. You didn't even know I was watching that. Oh, no, 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 no. We got more important things to do. And I'm talking Tox News. Hosted by Whaley Dyard myself. Here to talk news where I'm biased and completely unbalanced and I don't care but for real though um I didn't pod on Juneteenth I took a break I relaxed I read I uh took in some radical media but mostly relaxed um I do this pretty often uh but uh I wanted to get into Fox News today do a little bit of clip debunk just a little chill thing just to keep the 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 skills fresh the anti-fash keep that fresh you feel if you don't feel then come back next time when i have some articles that i'm going to read but for now i would rather play some clips and just try to disseminate the right with right-wing populist narrative that is reaching the masses in hopes that maybe it'll reach a few people who will either get some kicks out of it some insight or maybe a reason to leave the right you never know but if i do uh what i am supposed to do right i'll enjoy myself in seattle police responding to a shooting overnight in the occupied zone the country known as chop formerly known as Chaz. This comes as the city's police union, get this, is expelled from the area's labor council, citing a failure to, quote, dismantle racism in their institution and society at large. President of the Seattle Police Officers Guild, Mike Solon, joins us now with the latest. Mike, uh, lots to chew on here. Well, let's start with what we know now about what happened inside CHOP. I, I, we're getting reports coming in of it. Uh, disclaimer, I have no idea what happened in CHOP. I had no idea about a shooting inside the Chaz CHOP. I had not heard about this. So, this is completely new to me, actually. I, t I literally took a break last night. I, I had gotten some new reading, and I had uh, finally gotten materials to clean my gun, and I did those things. So, I'm a little bit behind 
um, but I swear um, I'm still an ally. But incident there, what do you know? Well, thanks for having me on again, and as you were aware, I don't know who this is. Violence has now besieged the area known as Chop. Mike Solon. And it is no longer the. It's not a great idea that we would be getting our information from Mike Solon, the Seattle Police Officers Guild, as he has a bias to uh, have this area seem to be violent out of control lawless he has a bias towards this um we can assume that an authority would want the public's best interest but as we've seen in the coming times is that many of our institutions exist for their own sake and not necessarily anything for the common good and we're also been learning that police unions or an officer's guild is uh more related in retaining officers in this institution that survives for its own sake, which in turn kind of makes the union survive for its own sake and the officer's own sake and not necessarily what's best for the public or the common good. So I'm just throwing that out there, getting Mike Solon's opinion about the shooting inside CHOP. Interesting. Uh, would it be less biased if a CHOP organizer was there to discuss this matter no it probably wouldn't be less biased but we could say that there would be a better uh experience say they they are actually a key witness or you know even better and i'm just putting this out there having both of them on there a representative from Chaz chop and this guy from the officers guild a summer of love it's a summer of chaos and early this morning that violence was raw and real where one of our community members lost their life and police are still not allowed into that area and were prevented to providing that police service to the area to locate victims and or render aid mike very so you're, troubling what's so you're going saying on. we've got one person killed uh, potentially others injured we don't know we don't know what the incident was but the seattle police department cannot go in and has not confirmed that is correct how can that stand in america it can't stand in america and this is and we're a hundred percent sure that this is this has happened at all and in the uh in the manner of speaking that he has said that this has happened this is exactly the events um we have to consider the validity of the setting that they have presented us here is that somebody was killed not sure if there's injured the perpetrator is still out there and the police are not being allowed into the area to apprehend anybody or police quote unquote police the situation um so if these factors are true, then I can continue on with this and believe the rest of their statements. Direct result of city leadership, elected officials failing the reasonable community of Seattle to enforce the rule of law. And this just isn't the area occupied in a six block zone where police are still forbidden and still don't have their East precinct. This is now impacting our entire city. And last night as well, the flagship precinct, the West Precinct downtown, was defaced with anti-police graffiti. And again, we're left wondering what's next. And now our elected officials have removed our ability to have... <laughs>
<laughs> they graffitied the building. What's next? Less lethal chemical <laughs> munitions that are effective in us for us to disperse uh, unruly, violent crowds uh, to protect those police facilities, let alone ourselves. So we're in a very, very troubling time in Seattle, and it's deeply concerning that. That's fascinating that they would need to ensure that when there are crowds that the police have to push back, they need to have uh, technological advantages to fighting these uh, protesters or citizens. Let's let's call them citizens. Um, it's fascinating that they need technological advancements to ensure uh, police safety and also violent protesters which you know obviously this man is very pro officer right now and doesn't really want to see any change happen but has to make change happen because it is being demanded in the streets especially specifically harder in seattle's chop than in a lot of other areas but still um, they want to destroy and incriminate this image of Chaz chop and so let's continue. Everybody across this country needs to be aware of what's going on in Seattle. What do you know about what does come next? They want less cops, uh, less equipment, less non-lethal equipment. Yet at some point, this occupied zone has to end, right? Well, you're going to have to have the political backbone to finally enforce the rule of law. Because if this continues to spiral down, which we saw early this morning yeah. with a homicide, um, I don't see what the remedy is. So we need leadership now more than ever. And I find it ironic that the same public... It's pretty crazy, too, that he's saying that they need leadership more than ever. But what he's saying is for leadership to allow police to just go back to doing what they were doing. Officials that are uh, creating these uh, decisions that put everybody's uh, public safety at risk are now calling on for defunding the police. Yeah. And those two aren't compatible. You can't have defunding the police and better police services uh, because the first thing to go, as you and I both know, Pete, is training. Yep. And when, if you remove the training budget, you remove quality police service. And we know that separating good cops from bad is all about training. Bingo. Mike, you're... Yeah, but what about defunding the amount of money that we spend on you know say tanks okay maybe they get those for free from military auction or they got a good price on them from military auctions the higher end equipment that no average citizen is going to have access to that seems to keep increasing as time goes by we can reappropriate that because obviously guns do most of the work if we reappropriate the amount of money we spend on their hardware to their training, I wonder how much balance that would actually make and how much we would find out after training how many people are unsuitable cops. But then there's the other issue is that you still have cops that have been on there for 20 years who then build up their own habits and ways of doing the jobs, who then mentor the trainees after their six months of training to tell them that they should forget what they learned. Now, this is not every single case. It's not every single case, but it is a factor. 
Just like how there is probably a factor of a cop who's been there for 20 years and says, I've stuck to the book for 20 years, and that is the reason why I don't have any of these paperwork to fill out about excessive force. Maybe. Probably not. I don't know. Who knows? Who really does? Because anybody out here that really is trying to push a point seems to be pushing the agenda. What are we going to get? Spot on. I got to ask you about this, though. The, the Seattle Police Officers Guild is the police union for the Seattle Police Department. Yet the group of unions in Seattle has now kicked you out of the union group. Why? Well, they wanted us to say that we are a racist institution, and that's completely uh, an egregious attempt for political pandering. And what I think this is is an opportunity for us to connect with the other reasonable labor organizations that encompass that labor council so we can all come together and highlight the unreasonable activism that has now besieged uh, Seattle. Political uh, yeah. discourse here is falling. And now we have public safety issues that are impacting everybody. And I think this is... Mm. Chewing on ice because I don't give a fuck. It's funny when certain groups are met by an uncompromising force that was led to a position because the other side was not being compromised or, or, or was comparable, was not being comparable. So not ever, not bridging the gap demands people to then build a fortress that doesn't allow you to show up and come in. I don't know what the metaphor I'm going, but if you can't bridge the gap, but you still keep crossing the line and just devastating shit, then eventually people are going to reach their own conclusions and try to cut you out of the fucking deal, bro. That's just a lot of feelings over facts, but that's just because you aren't meeting halfway with citizens. That's why it went this far. Because they had to deal with being brutalized for two weeks. We aren't going to forget that this was a reaction to two weeks of brutality. Nine days, bruh. This is an opportunity for us to reach the reasonable crowd. And it smacks of hypocrisy. It's discriminatory because as you and I both know, Pete, mm -hmm. our membership are a wonderfully diverse group of people that resemble Seattle's of values. Course. Of course, Mike, but if you want to be a part of the discourse, just go ahead and admit you're racist right now, and then everything will be fine. Yeah, that's how they yeah, look that's at the That's what they want, that, and uh, you can't tell me that just is not hypocritical. Unbelievable. It, of amazing. course it is. It's discriminatory, it's racist, and it's hypocritical. Uh, Mike Solon, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Hey, Good Pete, luck. thank you for highlighting this serious issue. You got it. Very much so. Well, Calling the system racist is racist. He represents a racist institution. Because I'm, I'm sure that he's protecting yeah, black people. That's, that's what they want. And uh, you can't tell me that just is not hypocritical. It's of course it is. It's discriminatory. They want you to say that you're racist. Of course, Mike. But if you want to be a part of the discourse, just go ahead and admit you're racist right now, and then everything will be fine. Yeah, that's...
how they look at the that's world. That's what they want, and uh, you can't tell me that just is not hypocritical. Unbelievable. It, of amazing. course it is. It's. I mean, pushing you out because of your racist insinuations, not your outright racism, but just your insinuated racism, your implicit bias, obviously, you're going to get removed because you're not facing it. You're not challenging it. You're not progressing past it. Um, so it would be better if you just admitted what you were and uh people can get on the, with their day either way you wouldn't be participating bro like y you actually wouldn't be part of the discourse because you're ra because you say you're racist we would just know what you are and not waste our time trying to explain to you <laughs> uh discriminatory it's racist and it's hypocritical uh, it's Mike racist Sullen, thank you so much for your time we appreciate it hey Good pete luck. thank you for highlighting this serious issue you got it very much so it's pretty funny that, like, every time a racist gets caught, they, like, blame other people of being racist. It's like, I'm not racist. Like, how... What, you think I'm racist just because I'm white? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a pretty whack ass um, video by a person who is completely against what's going on, Chaz Chop, all the way down to its core essence, which is racial justice. So by ignoring that conversation in itself and talking about how you need to keep policing the way it was, um, yeah, racist. Yeah, um, because by supporting a system that has been systemic racism or that has been possessed by systemic racism, profiling, like the fact that you profile people when they are in certain neighborhoods, you're like, what are you doing here? Or if you see certain clothing or certain cars, profiling tends to be on leaning on the side of racism. It may not be hateful bigotry, but it might be racist. Um... Let's see. One dead, another injured after shooting inside Seattle's Capitol Hill organized protest, reports K5 NBC. Oh, what? Wait. What? Seattle police responded to a report? Of shots fired in Cal Anderson Park near the intersection of 10th Avenue and East Pine Street at about 2.30 a.m. That was in the first sentence. I'm going to continue on to see if there is more to say. But so far, it sounds like the police were let in. Seattle. Seattle police are investigating a shooting that left one person dead and another critically injured inside Seattle's so-called CHOP. Or capitol hill organized protest zone or capitol hill autonomous zone chaz seattle police responded to a report of shots fired in cal anderson park near the tr intersection of 10th avenue in east pine street at about 2 30 a.m police tried to find the shooting victims but were met by a violent crowd that prevented the officers from safely accessing the victims according to a release from seattle police saturday morning cool so the violent crowd is according to seattle police may or may not be true but again <laughs> yep i guess i might as well just click the release is that is that going to 
spdblotter.seattle.gov. Homicide detectives are investigating a investigating following a fatal shooting that occurred early Saturday morning at 10th Avenue and East Pine Street. One man was declared deceased at the hospital. Another male is being treated for life-threatening injuries. On June 20th, at approximately 2.30 a.m., East Precinct officers responded to a report of shots fired at Cal Anderson Park. This is inside the area referred to as the Capitol Hill organized protest. I am pretty sure, though, that Cal Anderson Park um, is north of those barriers. So there weren't barriers. They're saying all of this is included, but I'm pretty sure the only barriers that were made were the ones down here. And up here was where the community park was with the protesters camp. So, yeah, actually, that's a bit more significant chunk than I had originally known about. But, like, the original borderline was just this six blocks like a combination of six blocks and they had a community garden over here but now i'm guessing that there's barrier here barrier here barrier here 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 and here based oh i end up here based on this map that they've shown me which is from bbc.com All right, yeah, and this is what I have thought. So I guess this is... I still don't understand where the borders are necessarily then because the Black Lives Matter mural is this area right here. So we have a solidly autonomous zone, apparently, uh, from this fucking map off Reddit, which, <laughs> how authentic is that? Um, you know, right here we have... The solidly autonomous zone and right here we have somewhat autonomous um, whatever any of that means this is the original map that i had seen this is when it had originally came out this is the map that was originally yep, there's one of the black lives matter mural which is beautiful this is the map that i had originally seen right here and as you can see you have some blocks those is where those right there is initially where the barriers were at. So I don't know where they moved them because there hasn't been an updated map. But from what BBC showed me is that it's farther up here, down here, out here, and up. And I don't know if that's meant to just scare the shit out of people because I'm pretty sure it is just this and a little bit of that right here. I don't know because I haven't gone and uh, the if anybody has a clear map I would love to see it and unfortunately for the podcast listeners you did not see any of that shit that I just did so please uh, watch my archived video on YouTube like and share subscribe dislike it don't share it um, I don't know 
just leave a mean comment, maybe. I don't know. Just check it out. But here, maybe, again, here's another map from Twitter. And this is exactly what I was thinking that it looked like, um, which was this right here, is that you have the East Precinct building over in this area. You have the uh, collective six blocks. And then over here is just enough room for a homeless housing public living area with a communal uh, community garden that's what i had seen and now what i'm judging i don't even know when the fuck uh red x equals uh car traffic barriers and i don't know when this was posted but uh it comes from twitter and this is exactly what i had thought that it was we're going on to twitter now uh huh and it's from a dude who's just fucking posting shit so what i okay i'm just gonna go that that's like the amount that i had thought it was so i don't really even know who to believe at this point which is great that 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 serves just such great purposes towards truth and knowledge and wisdom and all that human righteousness that we seem to piss on these days all right <laughs> All right, uh, I need to go back to the Seattle police because it was at Cal Anderson Park, so it was it was inside the zone, I guess, but it was mostly uh, beyond where you see most barriers. Okay, so do 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 do. Officers attempted to locate a shooting victim but were met by a violent crowd that prevented officers safe access to the victims. Officers were later informed that the victims, both males had been transported to Harbor view medical center by chop medics. Uh, I wonder how that went down and whether or not they had told them earlier, like we already were moving them already. We're already moving them and they're like, fuck you, let us in. And who knows? Who, who really knows? And um, it, there maybe at that point, there could have actually been a fight. Officers responded to Harbor View and were informed that one of the victims, a 19-year-old male, had died from injuries. The other victim, also a male, unknown age, remains in the hospital with, uh, with life-threatening injuries. The suspect or suspects fled and are still at large. There is no description at this time. Homicide detectives responded and are conducting a thorough investigation despite the challenges presented by the circumstances. Anyone with information about this shooting or who may have video is asked to contact the Seattle Police Department's violent crime tip line at 206-233-5000. This remains an active and ongoing homicide investigation. This post will be updated as additional information becomes available. That's from the police. And I'm going to let you marinate that while I check my door real quick, lest my dog bark it up.
so not a whole lot of information whatsoever about any of this. That's what we can insinuate from that. But yet, uh, Mike from the Officers Guild is obviously trying to spin this a lot more effectively towards his side to say that we need police in this area immediately. My dog's still losing her shit. Hmm. You can tell him. Hmm. Um. <laughs> Let's see here. I don't think there is much information to get out of this NBC article, so let us move on. Uh, Time Magazine says 31 minutes ago. One dead, another critically injured in shooting at Seattle's CHOP area formed out of police protests. CNN says violent crowd denied police officers. Teenager killed in Seattle protest zone shooting, one wounded, Reuters. KIRO7 says one dead, another injured in shooting. Uh, wolf, this WordPress says the same thing. Um, yep, yep. It seems like everybody is just now reporting on it within the past. The most uh, farthest back is five hours ago with Fox and Friends. But everybody seems to just be reporting about it this morning so far. Hmm. So that's going to be a developing story. I think what else could be interesting here. I'm just looking up the Seattle Autonomous Zone real quick. Check how they're doing. Yep, it's all just about the fatal shooting. But it's on Google Maps now. So... I don't trust most of these reports coming from like major outlets about this either. It's uh I'm not excited about most of it. I need most of my information about it from third very far third parties or on the ground, preferably on the ground. Woo, all right. So we still got a bit of time for the podcast, and then I was going to do a stream of video games on uh, Twitch tonight, and uh, I don't know if I'm going to save that to YouTube, but um, I'm going to be on Twitch a little bit longer, uh, but let's get this fucking podcast a rolling, because it's time for us to get a working class observation of Cucker Tarleson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's check it out. What's his most recent, though? There's no Shush. Uh... Maybe we should just check this out real quick. This might be better than Cucker. 
Trump supporters are lining up for the president's first rally since the COVID-19 pandemic shut down the country as Tulsa braces for potential unrest from protesters. Our next guest will be at tonight's rally. Let's bring in CEO of the Brewer Group and spokesman for the National Association of Police Athletic Leagues. Jack Brewer, friend of the show. Jack, thanks for being here this morning. Really appreciate it. So you're going to be there tonight. Uh, what do you expect and what do you make of the criticism of the fact that this rally is happening? You know, everyone is excited uh, being around in the hotels and in the streets of Tulsa. Uh, this community is really embracing this rally, and I think that's what, what matters. You know, folks that can peacefully protest in groups, uh, you know, uh, places all over the country are opening up. Uh, it's time to get back together and to be able to have events again. Uh, be smart about it. Wear your mask, wear your uh, hand sanitizers, and keep everything clean. But at the end of the day, our country has to continue moving. Uh, I was talking to some people last night. Uh, and, has you know, to continue moving? <laughs> like, like we can't move without a Trump rally? <laughs> uh, this rally being here, right here in Oklahoma today. You know, Jack, obviously the fear is... I feel like they just needed a reason to do this, like, whole gathering because, like, they had their anti-lockdown protests for one weekend. And that was about as zesty it was going to get. And so Trump's like, oh, it's time to rattle them up again. Is that there will be some sort of violence, hoping that that's not the case from protesters that could potentially be coming in from the outside and whatnot. So what is your message to those who are considering protesting tonight? What do you have to say to them? I think we all need to start taking a knee um, across, the, across the country. Uh, right now, we need to take a knee in prayer. Uh, we need to start praying together again and stop letting all this political divide uh, cause us uh, to re retaliate with violence. I mean, if someone disagrees with you, have a conversation. What happened to that? Yeah, police. Yeah, uh, every mayor that, impl uh, um, what was it, um, instituted a curfew during the protests. Um, where was the dialogue? That's what built this country. You know, you cannot have justice until you have peace. And so uh, to come in a situation like this and thinking that you can instill violence upon people and that's going to get uh, move further towards your agenda uh, is just not the right approach. That's the un-American approach. Uh, and finally, in this nation, we have to start praying together, locking arms uh, and turning to God, because right now all we're doing is taking the rule of the man, taking uh, whatever we feel. Uh, in Systemic racism, economic inequality, a poorly handled epidemic. I don't know, man. Let go, let God. And taking that as, as, as what it is, and it's not. The law is made by God. Uh, he set that forth through the Bible. The law is not made by God. Mm. 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 No, that executive order that Trump released uh, just a few, maybe four or five days ago, I believe, uh, about you know police reform, banning chokeholds, this, that, and the other, um, was written by... Uh, I would guess policymakers, a couple of politicians, and William Barr. 
it was signed by Donald Trump. Uh, God did not write no laws when it comes to that. And I'm just, I just, it's unfortunate because it's already taken up half of this video. But letting go and letting God does not fix anything in a broken system. Bible, and we need to start following it. Yeah, let me pick up there, Jack, because you've been an important voice and a leader on our airways since this all began. And as you mentioned, it's got to get productive. And Fox News is right now successfully proving that this uh, segment is not racist and that it is actually classist. A unity of colors. Mostly three white people and one black man. Deciding that Trump is the man to rally behind right now in his time of need. Rather than the many poor women and children of all races in the streets protesting racial injustice. This is class warfare. This is how it happens. It's by tricking poor people to uh, work against their interests and the interests that they share with others to work towards the interests of an America that exists in the minds of them and billionaires and the politicians who get the billionaires their laws and money but that's it that's it and so what we're really playing with here is fire that's trying to burn you because it cannot survive less it consumes. So how do we turn the fire into a tool? Hmm? How do we find a way to get all this bubbled up hatred for each other and direct it towards productive building for others? And those others, I mean future generations, who will not have to suffer with these um, dumb regressive things Things that our species can't seem to let go. They're just ideas. They're just constructs. And they're only fixtures of the time. We need to take advantage of that and give our babies some new shoes, bruh. Constructive, and you're launching something that you're calling your Council for Racial Reconciliation. Explain. Uh, we're, we're calling on the, the churches and the faith leaders to come together. Uh, you know, it starts in the, in the church. And until the body of Christ can come together and actually be the example and set the example for the nation to see uh, and understand exactly uh, what it takes to reconcile. Re reconciliation uh, means that we can put our past behind us and ask our Father in heaven for forgiveness and repent for things that have happened. You know, we have a sticky, sticky situation in our country right now. And race has played a big part of that and people uh, have racial disparities all across this nation it's time to heal and the only way you heal is through Christ uh, is through asking for forgiveness and doing what he said do and that's loving thy neighbor like thyself and stop seeing color we are all children of God we're all children of Abraham uh, and we need to start coming together around these issues instead of being so divisive it's so dark that you can have like love speech push towards people or push people towards not actually changing and growing as human beings, but to just let go and let Christ 
And I feel like if what Christ would realize is that that officer was on that man's neck for way too long and is going to hell. So there is no reason that you should be supporting uh, the man who sat on another man's neck. And if he's allowed to simply ask for forgiveness and then proceed his happy ass to heaven, I would have to say that his system as well, Jesus Christ, his system's broken too. Jack, real quick, do we heal by tearing down statues, whether it's Confederate generals or George Washington like we saw last night in Portland? That's fascinating that they are really just trying to get a black man's opinion, and his was entirely just let go let god and now they want to know is it a good idea to let go of our racist history and heritage in modern times you know what i'm not a big fan of walking by confederate statues either i don't want to see uh any any racist statues but i think those they those have their place i think oh there it is okay there it is the nation can can get around that but it's not by tearing it up yourself uh you need to vote those things out and you need to elect your local leadership uh and go in and lobby you need to vote statues out you need to vote statues out? You broke me, man. You broke me. And it's it's so fascinating that, too, like, the only way to protest the system is to vote. And then what is happening in certain states? I think it was Georgia. They're reducing their amount of polls by nearly thousands. So only a few, like, only a handful of people, like, per capita in the state are going to be able to get their fucking vote across because they're not going to be able to get all those people in line are they are they going to hold the polls open until everybody that is in line has actually sent in their vote how much contention is that going to lead to <sighs> no sometimes voting is not enough and action is all it takes baby you know, yesterday was Juneteenth, and, and I'm calling loudly for that to be a national holiday, uh, a time that we can all come together as a nation and celebrate the yep. fact that we overcame slavery. But oh, okay, so what's fascinating here, though, is that this man is actually a little bit more compromising than most Republicans. Republicans would say, my statues ain't going to a fucking museum, bro. They're staying right where they are. He's saying, I'm actually down for Juneteenth to be a national holiday, but I feel like Republicans would put a hard stamp no on that. Then go in and attack Even though that's actually really easily to do. Calls. It's really easy to do. Happen, Jack. There's a bill. Looks like it's coming next week here in Washington. Jack Brewer, thanks very much. Thanks, You're safe out there in Tulsa. Wait. Did he say next week there's going to be a bill for Juneteenth? Next week is June 27th. Why wasn't there a bill already? Why would it take a why would it take a bill to make a national holiday? Uh, that slavery caused. And that may happen, Jack. There's a bill looks like be a national holiday, uh, a time that we can all come together as a nation and celebrate the yep. fact that we overcame slavery, but then go in and attack the disparities uh, that slavery caused. And that may happen, Jack. There's a bill looks like it's coming next week here in Washington. Jack Brewer, thanks very much. Thanks, You're safe out there in Tulsa. I can't tell if he's willing if he 
is knowingly selling out or if he's actually thinking he can reform some people's thoughts and maybe get them to hate less. I don't know, man. I just don't know on that. I'm not sure I'm sold. All right. I think there's time for one more Tox News. Or Whaley Dyard. Is there a new one? Boom. Let's see. I like how his Q&A highlights is when Ben Shapiro destroys transgenderism. <laughs> That's a Q&A to Ben is when he... Uh... Oh, nice. Rips pro-choice student and crushes atheism question. That's that's awesome. I like how that's his Q&As. This is where he crushes and destroys. <laughs> Okay. All right. I'm not going to do debunks NYT article on systemic racism because he got debunked on his debunk about debunking racism. <laughs> like there was some video about systemic racism that he tried to debunk and then firmly got debunked. So that's uh that's some gold, but uh I don't know how many videos came out for that. All right. Um, yeah, I guess the most recent is him debunking systemic racism from that article, but I'm not too interested in going over, again, how Ben doesn't understand statistics or material conditions. So... Hmm. That one's too long. F that shit. Ooh. See, and I'd want to get into this one because it's 47 minutes long, but it says Ray Shard Brooks was a violent criminal, not a victim. And that's just the kind of language that uh, that's all it takes to justify anything, bro. Like, if you're okay with that that kind of language being used on people like that's all they need to make sure that your body investigation stays dead like who gives a fuck about you if you're just a violent criminal bro oh but that won't happen to me that won't happen to me i lick the boot too clean i get in between the laces man i don't want any of these is trump taking bad advice probably or he's not listening to him at all Oh, cool. You know what? I'm going to take uh, Ben ranting about the Supreme Court ruling because he hates LGBT. But we begin at this hour with a big decision that just came down from the Supreme Court in which the Supreme Court has decided without any evidence, without really any support, that Title VII of the Civil Rights Act now protects on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity, which is relatively insane because Title VII obviously did not mean, and the court acknowledges this, did not mean to deal with gay and lesbian issues or transgender issues. The notion of gender identity was not even familiar to people in 1964 when the Congress of the United What if you just actually read up what Twi Title VII says before you listen to what Benny says, huh? 
What happens then? The term person includes one or more individuals, governments, governmental agencies, political subdivisions, labor unions, partnerships, associations, corporations, legal representatives, mutual companies, joint stock companies, trusts, unincorporated organizations, trustees, and trustees in cases under Title 11 or receivers. Cool. So I'm glad we're using the 13th Amendment uh, definition of person. The term employer means a person engaged in an industry affecting commerce who has 15 or more employees. All right. Employment agency, labor organization. They're just defining terms. Do, do, do. The term employees means an individual employed by an employer. Person, term commerce, term industry. Um, the terms because of sex or on the basis of, of sex include but are not limited to because of or on the basis of pregnancy, childbirth, or related medical conditions, and women affected by pregnancy, childbirth, or related medical conditions shall be treated the same for all employment-related purposes, including recent oh, including receipt of benefits under fringe benefit programs. Do, 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 do. Foreign and religious employment. It shall be an unlawful employment practice for an employer to fail or refuse to hire or to discharge any individual or otherwise to discriminate against any individual with respect to his compensation terms conditions or privileges of employment because of such individuals race color religion sex or national origin or to limit segregate or classify his employees or applicants for employment in which <laughs> in any way which would deprive or tend to deprive any individual of employment opportunities or otherwise adversely affect his status as an employee because of such individuals race color religion sex or national origin so, because it doesn't specifically name gender, the dude has a problem with it? Let's keep digging. There's, ne yeah, there's not necessarily... Um, <laughs> That's funny. It fits in here in Title Seven that it's not against the law. It shall not be unlawful employment practice for an employer to hire and employ employees for an employment agency to classify or for for employment any individual for a labor organization to classify its member or to classify or refer for employment any individual or for an employer, labor organization, or joint labor management committee controlling apprenticeship or other training or retaining programs to admit or employ any individual in any such program on the basis of his religion, sex, or national origin in those instances where religion, sex, or national origin is a bona fide occupational qualification reasonably necessary to the normal operation of that particular business or enterprise. 
I am pretty sure that was some fat language to say that it is not unlawful for an employer to hire you uh, because you're hot for the purpose of using you because you're hot or, you know, uh, ugly or uh, Mexican. <laughs> they get, it's fine to hire people based off of discrimination, but it's not okay to uh, not employ them or fire them because of these things. So that's a nice, weird double standard. I feel like you should just not do anything based on anybody's anything. <laughs> but, eh, you know, how would we get anything done then? Um, it shall not be unlaw an unlawful employment practice for a school, college, university, or other educational institution or institution of learning to hire and employ employees of a particular re religion if such school, college, university, or other educational institution or institution of learning is in whole or in substantial part owned supported controlled or managed by a particular religion or by a particular religious corporation fascinating uh or if the curriculum of such school college university or other educational institution or institutional learning is directed toward the propagation of a particular religion it still fits in religious freedom in there yeah so, I mean, it's, yeah, it's basically saying it's not unlawful for uh, particularly religious schools, universities, and educational institutions, and maybe even corporations, associations, or society. Fascinating. I like how they slipped in society there. Or if the curriculum of such school. All right. So, basically, if it's a religious organization, they will not be uh, punished for specifically hiring people within their religion, which... <laughs> is mostly their thing but for some reason right here in point f which i'm not really sure is going on it shall be unlawful employment practice for a labor organization and then it says members of communist party or communist action or communist front organizations it's literally just it's point f and i'm not sure i understand Oh, here it, here it clarifies. As used in this subchapter, the phrase unlawful employment practice shall not be deemed to include any action or measure taken by an employer, labor organization, joint labor management committee, or employment agency with respect to an individual who is a member of the Communist Party of the United States or of any other organization required to register as a communist action or communist front organization. <laughs> by final order of the subversive activities control board pursuant to the subversive activities control act of 1950 F fascinating <laughs> just how <laughs> um yeah none of this is uh the un whole unlawful employment practice just does not go under the same uh for the communist parties um you know do without will with them 
is basically the message of that. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, I have yet to see um, any aforementioned of gender um, in Title Seven. A complaining party demonstrates that a respondent uses a particular employment practice that causes a disparate impact on the basis of races. So, I mean, this is kind of where we're getting at here is it's an unlawful employment practice that is based on disparate impact. So, I mean, that's what you're going to have when you discriminate against people because of their gender, race, sexual, religion, color, national origin. taking a quick skim here Let's see here. Now we finally reached the, the meat of the steak here, of the T-bone. Uh, Equal em Employment Opportunity Commission. Nope, that's all about the commission and how the commission is run. Nice. A lot of bureaucracy in there. Enforcement provisions. Nice. Um, yeah, I had not seen anything particularly go into uh, gender. Um, but maybe that's because we need to actually fix Title Seven. It's just, it seems like the individual is protected in the fact that you need specifically the language of what I can't discriminate the individual upon um, shows a problem with your beliefs rather than a problem with the law. Like, well, I, I need it clear cut. Can I, can I, if I can't do it based on their gender, can I do it on their ideology? And it's like, no. Um, so that's, it's fascinating that people take that side. But so far from what I could tell, there is not a direct mention of gender but there is a mention of sex um so that that is actually fascinating to me are lgbt employees at catholic institutions protected by the new scotus ruling Supreme Court defines sex in its Title Seven ruling. Interesting. That's New York Times, and they won't let me see unless... 
I pay money. Let's see here. So they blanket, maybe they blanket statement sex, like LGBT is now the uh, blanket statement for sex in the uh, Supreme Court. Um, before we get to Benny here, because I've gotten lost in definitions. By a 6-3 to three margin on June 15th, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, a provision that bars discrimination based on a number of characteristics, including sex, applies to discrimination on the basis of a sexual orientation and gender identity. So, yeah, they, I guess the, the SCOTUS decided that the word sex applies to sexual, sexual orientation and gender identity. Because if you're shouldn't discriminate on whether you're hiring a male or female it shouldn't matter who they're sleeping with or who who they see themselves as i i mean it should be pretty self-explanatory like if you can hire a woman you can hire anybody if you can hire a man you should be able to hire anybody <sighs> aside from the fact i mean fuck for fuck's sake like we had to write laws that kids couldn't work like, how could kids work before fucking gay people? What? Aside from the fact that the ruling was penned by Justice Neil Gorsuch, a Trump appointee and replacement for former Justice Anton Antonin Scalia, for decades the most reliable opponent of LGBTQ rights. The ruling was noteworthy for at least two reasons. The first one is that the ruling closed part and long tortured struggle to the legal discrimination against LGBTQ people in the US history. The effort dates to 1974 when Representative Bella Abzug introduced the Equality Act in the US House of Representatives. Coinciding with the fifth anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, the Equality Act proposed adding prohibitions against discrimination in federal programs, housing, and public accommodation on the basis of sex orientational gender identity to the Civil Rights Act of 1964. It's just so fascinating that we have to write anti-discrimination into law because our implicit biases just cannot stop us from discriminating each other. And our media and our presidents can't stop doing the same thing, so we have to put it into law. And then we have to have a Supreme Court, not a, not a federal, which it is a federal, but it's ascended beyond that. But it's not a local court. It is the most supreme court. It has a name that we don't give a lot of things. Supreme. And the fact that we have to get them to force people to stop discriminating is fucking crazy. And it just shows like how much human beings just have not changed from constantly just being afraid of other. Other is so bad. And yet, like, we've come to realize that everybody is the other and we are also them. Like, you, the, the others to you, you are just the other to them. Like, wow, how does that work? Whoa. United States was passing Title VII, which prohibits any sort of discrimination on a federal level on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, and national origin. Now, the Supreme Court is making the absurd contention that Title VII of the Civil Rights Act prohibits discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, which, by the way, people knew that folks were gay and lesbian in 1964. They did not include that in Title VII. Not only that, but Congress has repeatedly attempted to and failed to include sexual orientation in updates. 
yeah, people knew that people were gay back in 1964, but when when was it that uh, gay marriage was federally legalized? 2015. That's right. That's right. ...of Title VII. They failed because that's pretty controversial stuff. I mean, that's talking about, for example, your Catholic hospital, and now you are mandated to violate your own religious precepts in hiring gays and lesbians or transgender... I'm... pretty sure he's lying like i'm pretty sure he's lying because i mean the the religious at least have the luxury of the privilege of being able to only look for people within their religious sector to then bring into their fold or their operation which you know you don't tend to find too many outliers in those kind of scenarios but if you did then maybe they're cool with it and if they're not then mm, again maybe you need to think about your religion if you're anti-people people it is something that the the democratic party has been pushing for a very long time but it's a controversial issue because it is not included in title seven title seven was meant to say that if you are a woman that you cannot be prohibited against on the sole basis that you are a woman not that you are a gay woman, for example. Not that you are a gay man, but on the basis that you are a man, you cannot be discriminated against. And on the basis that you are a woman, you cannot be discriminated against. See, that's what I'm saying. Is like that. This is such a weird argument to have. Is like, oh, the definition is 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 is, is just the sex. It's we can't we can't discriminate between male and female. That's it. That's what the law says. And it's like, do we have to relight the law? for it to be more specific for you bigots to stop bigoting. Well, now the Supreme Court has gone back in time and magically course-corrected to include sexual orientation and transgender identity in federal civil rights legislation that obviously was not meant to be there. So now the idea is that if <laughs> Bob walks into your place of employment tomorrow and you're a large company, you have over 50 employees, Bob walks into your place of employee tomorrow and he says, my name is Gene. I wish you to call me Gene. You say, well, Bob, you know, that doesn't really fit your job description. And like, that's not something that we're ideologically okay with here. You're now in violation of federal civil rights law, right? That is the idea under this decision. Because you ideologically don't agree with someone self-identifying? Is, is this even a valid argument to have? Is it? that the because i'm pretty sure that like if it's a religious institution they have this right to discriminate you based on your ideology your religion which is an ideology but it says in title 7 that businesses like corporations um that are non-religious i guess a religious um you know they <laughs> they can't judge you based off of your religion your ideology so if this is an ideology argument it still fits under title 7 and also i guess maybe like you can the church that has a problem with it can then say well you're not actually christian anymore and so then you can't work here because we really only hire christians but then you got a civil lawsuit on your hands deciding of whether or not that person is still christian so this is i really think this is a road y'all don't want to go down now there may or may not be a an exception for openly religious organizations. So not Catholic hospitals, which do a secular business, or Catholic adoption agencies, which do a secular business, but you work for a church, or you work for a Catholic school, 
right? That may be part of the job description is that you abide by Catholic doctrine or Catholic teachings. But for example, there are a lot of Catholic schools that have sort of religious studies in the morning and then they have secular studies in the afternoon. But they also do not want people in the afternoon courses who may not be Catholic, for example, to be openly violating certain religious precepts. Why would, okay, so, but why would the Catholic school, because they're teaching, what, what did he say, secular? If they're teaching secular, what does it matter? Why would you hire a non-Catholic if you've already consistently hired Catholics? If this disagrees with people's religious beliefs, if being transgendered or gay, it, it hurts the religious beliefs then they tend to not have people already within that circle they find ways to push people out of that circle on their own so it's fascinating that you think somebody would just have this epiphany now thinking that they're protected under the law but again like the 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 fact that it's a religious school kind of already has itself protected from this i feel like you're kind of protecting people who would use religious reasons even though they're not necessarily religious like it would be weird for example if home depot said that we can't hire transgender people because it goes against our religious beliefs and that's like is that everybody's religious beliefs there uh, huh it's starting to get a little bit murkier now, too, because the more if a company says that it fits into a secular idea, one ideology over others, then it is going to have an easier time discriminating because it's going to say that you need to abide by our religions. And then those religions are very strict upon what kind of human beings are acceptable as well. So maybe by using religion, they can then close this gap all over again. And so they say, listen, we teach at the school that certain types of human activity are sinful, and we don't want our teachers engaged in that. Theoretically, that could now be illegal. If, you have a, a, if you're a religious person and you own a corporation, you say, listen, people who work at my corporation, I just don't want them participating in certain types of activity that I don't like. Well, now, that would be the basis for a lawsuit. What is yeah. left completely... It was already like that, though, Ben. Like, you couldn't... If, you're, if you worked at a corporation, that's what Title VII has been protecting people for the longest time, is what they do in their personal lives, is to protect them from that so that they can get a job. <laughs> the unclear here is whether it is the basis for a lawsuit, whether, let's say, you abide by this new let's ruling, and, every, and a transgender person comes in, you hire the transgender person, but... You are a conservative company, and you say, as, as I do and as Daily Wire has said, that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. Does that now amount to discrimination under federal law? It is yes. not clear under this. Yes, because you're already discriminating, discriminating against trans women that saying that they are women. So then you're discriminating against having trans women work for you. That's discrimination. That's discrimination, Ben. You, you explained it, but by not accepting it, you're in denial. And so you're denying it particular provision of, of the Supreme Court decision. So this is a very far-reaching decision. It's a very bad decision. And the part of it that's quite shocking is that Justice Gorsuch wrote the decision. Now, if you listen to the oral arguments back <laughs> in February, it was pretty obvious which way Gorsuch was going to go on this thing. It was pretty obvious always where Roberts was going to go because Roberts is a garbage justice. But Gorsuch Jesus. was widely perceived to be a textualist. His attempt to shoehorn textualism into this decision is insane. I mean, it's really wild because the fact is that 
what a textualist would do or an originalist is they would read the text of the of the statute as and is. look at the meaning of the statute at the time and say what it meant or what it did not mean. They would not say, oh, yes, we've updated the wording now. So now it means something completely different than what it meant back in 1964. But that's exactly what Gorsuch does here. So Gorsuch says, we agree that homosexuality and transgender status are distinct concepts from sex. Okay, that should be the end of the inquiry, right? Once you say that homosexuality and transgender status are not sex, right, that's a completely different concept, then you have to make the argument that presumably the Civil Rights Act of 1964 talks about discrimination on the basis of sex, not on the basis of homosexuality or transgender status or sexual orientation or any of that. Right? But, says Gorsuch, as we've seen, discrimination based on homosexuality or transgender status necessarily entails discrimination based on sex. The first cannot happen without the second. Nor is there any such thing as a canon of donut holes in which Congress's failure to speak directly to a specific case... Because if, like, why does it matter? Why does it matter if it's a man who sleeps with a man and a woman who sleeps with a woman? Why, why, why does that become the drawing point? Because it's deviant behavior. Why is it deviant, Ben? Case that falls within a more general statutory rule creates a tacit exception. Okay, that's not true at all. Okay, if it is perfectly obvious that Congress has repeatedly attempted to fill a donut, and that the donut has not been filled. And it's pretty obvious that Congress itself perceived that the donut had not been filled. In other words, it's not that Congress created this overarching penumbra and emanation that the Supreme Court was supposed to fill in. The idea instead was that Congress was being very specific about what it wished to prohibit. You have a job. All you know about the applicants is that one is a man and one is a woman. You cannot discriminate solely on the basis of sex. right? You cannot yeah. discriminate on the basis of sex in that decision. Now, yeah. as Justice Alito points out in his dissent, it doesn't make any logical sense what, what, what Gorsuch and the majority do here. Right, so Gorsuch says, sexual harassment is conceptually distinct from sex discrimination, but it can fall within Title VII sweep. Would the employers have us reverse those cases on the theory that Congress could have spoken to those problems more specifically? Of course not. As enacted, Title VII prohibits all forms of discrimination because of sex, however they may manifest themselves or whatever other labels might attach to them. So in other words, what he is saying is that sexual orientation is covered by the prohibition to discriminate on the basis of sex because you couldn't be homosexual without being a member of the same sex as the person to whom you are engaging in sex. Right? So in other words, if a woman has sex with a man then, and is not fired, but a man has sex with a man and is fired, it is not sexual orientation that is the question, but the sex of the man. But as Justice Alito points out, that makes no sense because you could very easily have a policy that says a woman cannot have sex with a woman and a man cannot have sex with a man. Again, by the way, this is not to make the case that people should not hire gay men or gay women. And yet it this is. This is me talking about whether you are forced by law to hire people, right? Whether you are forced by law, that is a Oh my God, bro. You are not forced by law to hire transgendered people. You are just not to allowed to have them at an interview and say, get the fuck out, tranny. We're not hiring you. It's that fucking simple, bro. You don't even have to call them up and tell them the reason why you're not hiring them is because they're transgendered. We're just making it law that you keep your bigotry in your fucking closet. Different question as to what I would do in a business circumstance. Fuck. I'm sure there are people who are gay and lesbian who are working for my company right now. I don't care. And frankly, if somebody applied as a transgender... <laughs> he doesn't care. And that's why he won't have dinner with Dave Rubin's husband. <laughs> I, I wonder if they've actually had dinner at this point because I just remember him saying on Dave Rubin's show that he... Or maybe it was his own show, but I remember him telling Dave Rubin to his face that he could not have sex or <laughs> I'm sure he couldn't, but I, he couldn't have dinner at the same table with his husband. They would have to eat 
separately. So, yeah, I'm sure he's really cool about gay people working with him. I'm sure he doesn't care. Either. Okay, the reality... I'm sure he's not just saying that because the Supreme Court just ruled that you can't discriminate based on sexual orientation. And you're kind of going on a rant on like, where do we draw the line on discrimination? Where can I say this is not okay? It is that I'll hire anybody of any time as long as they can do the job. I really don't care. But that is not the question here. The question is whether the federal government can compel businesses to violate freedom of association, to violate freedom of religious liberty, to violate freedom of speech. And you watch, this decision, ironically enough, will then be used as a social media club with which to beat everyone who says things like men and women exist. So a decision which basically says that anything that manifests manhood or womanhood is now violative of federal law if you fire somebody on that basis or discriminate on that basis. Yeah. That will be used as a cause by social media within the next six months, watch, to say yeah. that if you say a man is a man and a woman is a woman, you are now discriminating on the basis of okay, transgender no. identity. All right, he just... He just he he's moving the argument again he's moving the argument again this has uh the 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 social media outcry that will come from you being a a bigot has nothing to do with you being forced by law none of this has anything to do with each other and again like i said you're not being forced by law it's just requiring you to not be a bigot so you you can still actually be a bigot in the inside and you can still have your job but you just can't openly use it to put down others like you by law you can't use that you can't be like i don't like this person so i'm going to tell them i'm not going to hire them for that reason or i'm going to fire them because i cannot stand their blackness that is the whole point that is the whole point not the fact that you have to have a certain amount of black people in employment or that you have to have a certain amount of gay or lesbian or whatever none of that none of that matters you don't even have to hire any of them just because you never ask if you never ask, you never know. But if you if you if you ask, and then that starts judging your perception there, or you straight out just say, "Well, I have a problem with that," then as an employer, you are held by the law accountable, because you have a responsibility that you seem to like kind of shift here and there between. But you have a responsibility as a job creator to provide jobs for people so that they can help produce for this country and make an honest living. So now you, it's weird how they draw these lines every once in a while. And th this again is that part of Republicanism or that far rightism where they just don't make compromises. They're not well informed. They don't want them. They don't want compromise. They want sameness or maybe even just going back to the way things were. Let's pull some laws back. Like shit's gone way too far, bro. It's ass backwards. Which ironically enough is rejected by the court here. Because what the court is actually saying is that it is a discrimination against a man if you fire him on the basis of transgender identity. So a man comes in dressed as a woman and you say to him, well, you're not a woman, so I'm firing you. That is a discrimination based on sex, according to the Supreme Court of the United States, okay, which overtly rejects, I mean, that, that implicitly and overtly rejects the idea that a man who comes in and says that he is a woman is actually a woman, right? Because then it wouldn't be discrimination on the basis of sex. It would be discrimination on the basis of something else. Gender identity, which is what we're talking about, Ben. <sighs> Again, like that would actually make more people who are having a hard time with uh, maybe gender dysphoria or who are actually already women and they can't be women at their workplace. Who? <laughs>
he he is already seeing the validation of trans women as a joke. He's already that. Look at the smirk on his face. If you if the, if you're listening to the podcast, he has a smirk on his face when saying this. Listen to how he says it. Implicitly and overtly. Implicitly and overtly validating trans women and trans men is a fucking joke to this man. And he wears a yarmulke to remind him that God is above him, and he says this shit below that man's below God's nose. Like, what? Rejects the idea that a man who comes in and says that he is a woman is actually a woman. Right? Because then it wouldn't be discrimination on the basis of sex. It would be discrimination on the basis of something else. So logically speaking, there are a lot of holes in this argument. As Alito makes clear in his dissent, it is unclear what the ramifications of the Supreme Court decision today are going to be. It really is not particularly clear. What, is what do you mean? It's the same implications that have been going on the longest time. It's the same exact implications. But he's thinking that the social mob or some people are just going to take advantage of this. No, man. The social mob can't do anything. It's about the law. It's about the law at this point. The social mob will, honestly, if you act like a transphobe like you already do, they're just going to find you anyways. This law had nothing to do with that. What is clear is that if you're a religious person in the United States and you own a company, then this is a very big problem for you. If you actually hope to use any sort of religious values, traditional religious values in your hiring, right? They're Should we be using traditional religious values in your hiring? Or is that a form of fucking discrimination? It's, it's, it is. But... Thankfully, under Title VII, if you are already registered as a religious organization, it is not discrimination because you want to hire people that are within your fold. So I, I'm not sure, but Chick-fil-A is probably in this realm where they might have registered as their Mormonism and they were able to, or what are they, Protestants? Who I can't even remember. They probably registered it so that enables them to fly under this radar of the religious religious organization output. If you don't want to... if you if you want the loophole to Title VII, just become a specific religious organization. There's your there's your loop. There it is. That's your loop right there. But if you want as many customers as you can in an increasingly, I don't know, atheist, but like it's decreasingly Judeo-Christian in a world that it's becoming more humanist by the day, um, you might not want to register your corporation as a as a specific religion it might cut off your market there was something called the hobby lobby case it held that a closely held corporation like hobby lobby could not provide for abortion care in its health care coverage right so now under under this supreme court decision could a closely held religious corporation say listen we don't employ gays and lesbians because we're a religious christian family and we don't want to do that or could they say we don't want to employ people who are transgender because it violates our perspective on what males and females are It, it harms our perspective on what males and females are. So, again, that's like an uncompromising view of the world. If the world is changing and you refuse to see the change, I mean, what does that make you? And again, like Christians denying people because of their religious beliefs does not make them better people. It, in fact, makes the religion a lot grosser to be associated with. Right. All of that is left up in the air by this decision. Also left up in the air is what does discrimination constitute? So as I say, yep. I'll hire yep. anybody at my company. 
but I will say on the air. But where do I draw the line? Where can I discriminate? Where's the fucking line? That a man is a man and a woman is a woman. Well, let's say I say that just around the office. Let's say I'm talking to some people around the office and I'm talking politics and I say a man is a man and a woman is a woman and a transgender person overhears that. Have I now created a discriminatory work environment? Yes. Utterly unclear from this decision. No, it's utterly not unclear utterly unclear. And it's not unclear if you actually understand what discrimination is, Ben. You know, if 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 there was a say you uh, 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 say that you lived in the times of uh, emancipation, this is probably even a false equivalency. I don't really give a fuck at this point. But Ben is a former slave owner during emancipation and he starts paying wages and he starts walking around his plantation. and He says, ah, a black is a slave and a slave is a black. Is he a dick? He's a dick. So the decision creates an enormous number of questions. It is legally ridiculous. Not only is it legally ridiculous, it does give the lie to the idea that conservatives can simply rely on, these, on the federal courts of the United States to protect them. And this has been one of the great lies that conservatives have pushed for years. All we need to do in Congress is give you tax cuts and judges, and then, and then you should be happy with that. Okay? Two of the judges who voted for this thing, two of the judges who voted for this very, very bad decision on a legal basis, two of those judges are Republicans. Two of those were appointed by Republicans, Roberts <laughs> and Gorsuch. <laughs> there were only four Democratic appointees who voted for this decision. This thing went 6-3. So once again, Republicans proving themselves incompetent at selecting Supreme Court judges. I'm old enough to remember when Butt Gorsuch was the big excuse for you have to back Trump because Butt Gorsuch. Gorsuch was the opinion writer in this particular case. By the way, worth noting, this is the same Supreme Court that has turned down multiple writs of certiorari, writs of cert are... are applications for a Supreme Court case on the Second Amendment. So the Supreme Court will not decide. Basically, the Supreme Court has established a federal right for you to own a gun in your home, but the Supreme Court has not decided whether you can carry, whether you can have a gun at your business, and they've rejected every case on that basis. Second Amendment cases, they're rejecting right and left, but they certainly took up a case in which they basically established that if you fire somebody on the basis of your own religious conviction and you're not an overtly religious organization, then you can be federally sued under the Federal Civil Rights Act of 1964 without any additional legislation, even though it is clear to everyone, right, left, and center, that the 64 Civil Rights Act did not cover this sort of activity. It obviously <laughs> did not. Okay, like, th this it is perfectly now, clear. Bitch. Gorsuch admits as much. He just expands it. Yeah. Okay, that's bad law, and it's once again... It's bad law. That's bad law. Bro, like, that's Scalia's, like, favorite way of making law. Get the fuck out of here. That's the Scalia way, bro. Interpretation, bro. That's the whole fucking way. How do you think you got the fucking expanded executive branch that you do simply off of just Article 21, bro? Like, how do you get all of that? It's by broadening interpretation. And so you love that shit up until it bites you in the ass because you can't be a bigot. Again, proof. Bummer. If you're relying on judges to save you from the, from the elements of the left, good, good luck. Good luck. It ain't going to happen. I hope you enjoyed that clip from the Ben Shapiro show. If you did, go ahead and I hit did the not. subscribe button. I did so you not. stay up to date. I'm just being perfectly honest. I did not enjoy that video very much, Ben, because it was um, full of straw men and mischaracterizations. And um, overall, I mean, I got to give it at least like a one out of five. That's probably like the lowest argument uh, you could make for um, – uh, a, a court decision by scotus mad because it broadens language because he can no longer figure out what he can discriminate people based on unless he starts a religious organization 
then he he has basically free reign because he would run it based off his religion which is ex- extremely exclusionary i mean what 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 can you get more exclusionary than like an orthodox jew that sounds like incredibly anti-semitic but like honestly bro as an ashkenazi just way out here as an ethnic bro i'm just saying the you cannot become more exclusionary than a nationalist orthodox jewish person there's no way you're getting past that torah to tell them that they are not the chosen ones no <sighs> well that was a whole fun of shit bag um yeah that was a lot of poison again that was a lot of toxicity but i mean that's all that's all the potting i wanted to do today um i took a little break i'm probably gonna take another one because uh fuck you and uh it's it's just a wonderful time to be alive get out stretch your legs get a tan protest um don't commit crimes unless you uh absolutely have to but that's only minecraft rules really um um you know like subscribe share post follow twitter at class observer facebook knowledge plug um poordumrebellion.net i put little writings um i'll probably be back later with my homie to play some video juegos maybe not who knows i like to keep the mystery because the more mysterious the better fun y'all have uh solving things i'm not that mysterious i'm not even that cool the only thing I'm here to do is to make uh, Ben Shapiro a little bit more palpable for the mind of understanding exactly what the mission is, including this red face terrorist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one, too. Whew. I mean, there's so much work to be done because the leftist um, media is not as bolstered as the right especially when you take into consideration cnn msnbc and others being just barely left of right so uh there's a lot more work to do i uh am starting to trail off and sound like a nonsensical moron here so the best idea is to just leave it up to baba ram and uh say good night Now, each of those scenarios, I think, is real to you. It is to me. And I certainly can get into it. But I also am aware that they are both just scenarios. I've got another one for you. Just to throw into the pot. See, in the cosmos... Beings are working through millions of incarnations. I mean, you remember that story about how many? Buddha said, if you imagine uh, a mountain the length that a bullock walks in a day, which is six something or others, but figure a couple of six miles. It's six miles long by six miles wide by six miles high. It's a real mountain, mountain, you know, rock. And every hundred years, a bird flies over it with a silk scarf in its beak and runs the scarf across the top of the mountain. In the length of time it takes the silk scarf to wear away the mountain, that's how long you and I have been doing it. 
Gives you some perspective about this one, doesn't it? Jeez, I don't think I can make my appointment. Oh, wow. Time's a funny thing. Doing it again and again and again and again. Now imagine. See, there are all beings. I'm just giving you a scenario now. It's not true. All these beings are at different levels of the game. Some of them just got got out. They just got in a human form for the first time. Others have been through about 40,000 times. And you learn something each time or your workout karma, whatever you want to call it. So now, any place, everybody's tuned. There's a great big computer system. Everybody knows what's going on. And there is, there are moments where it's really good for doing certain work to be at a certain place. It's like uh, on Tuesday in, uh, in the year XD4, uh, it would be good to be at this place because anybody there is going to get enlightened. So the really high beings who pick up on that and they're ready, they go and be there. Let's assume we all found out that if we took birth at this time, we would all simultaneously be enlightened through a bomb. A large mushroom cloud, a large white light, and we would all be free. Just take that scenario for a second. You and I are these incarnates. Now, we are in human birth, so that has in it the mystery that we got to have an illusion. You can't, you got to get caught in the illusions. So you can't know this, by the way. Only at the moment it happens when you say, oh, wow, this is what it was about. Well, thank God. You gotta go through the whole suffering thing. You gotta go through the Father, why have you forsaken me the whole trip? But what a precious moment to be born. You want that scenario? The other scenario is it's just another time and we are doing our work and it goes on and on and on and on. And it'll muddle along and some people will die and some will live and like an old car that just sort of goes in an old Volkswagen. What you and I are reflecting about is how one lives within scenarios without getting caught in them. If any of you are feeling fear about the future, how silly. Absolutely silly. That's not going to help the future. It's not helping the present. It's not a functional thing at all. If you're feeling hope for the future, how absolutely silly. It's not going to help. It's just going to take you from this moment.
Paul Brunton said to Ramana Maharshi in India, will, Mahara, will Mar, Ramana Maharshi, will, he had expressed an opinion about the future of the world as we are living in critical times. We're always living in critical times. These were the critical times probably in the 50s. True, pretty critical. Not as critical as these times. <laughs> and Ramana Maharshi said, why trouble yourself about the future? You don't even know about the present. Take care of the present, the future will take care of itself. As you are, so is the world. Without understanding yourself, what is the use of trying to understand the world? <laughs>